Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in to see how your week's going. Hope uh, hope it's going all right. I'm actually up early here. It's 524 in the morning. We just had a fucking earthquake out here. Um, and I got to tell you something. I am pretty upset with the of how complacent I am with earthquakes now. I was in bed, of course, you know. I'm an old man. I go to bed around, oh, 7.30, 7.35. Get up at 10 to take a little Geritol. Of course, my bladder starts talking around 1.30. No, I'm kidding. And I went to bed at like midnight. All right. I still got a little life left in me. Um, so I'm sleeping as you do, 4.30 in the morning, unless you're a trucker trying to make that trying to make that deadline. I'm out there driving all fucking night. There ain't no traffic out there in Denny's open 24 7. All of a sudden, you know, fucking bed starts shaking. I wake up, I hear something, something smashed downstairs in the kitchen. And I, at no point did I ever think that, well, what if my house collapsed and all my loved ones, you know, are trapped? I didn't even think that. I just laid there. I was just like, oh, it's an earthquake. <laughs> Wasn't there some fucked up experiment where they stuck a, a rat in a, a in, in boiling water. If you stuck it in boiling, if you just dropped it in boiling water, it immediately jumped out and tried to get out. But if you stuck it in there and you slowly increased the heat, it would stay in there until it fucking died. I don't know if it was a rat. I don't remember if it was an octopus. I don't know what the fuck they used. Do you realize how fucked up science is sometimes? There's, they actually sit there killing animals to try and answer their fucking questions. All right, everybody, we have a rat, and uh, over here we have a boiling pot of water, and over here we have a uh, room temperature pot of water. Pot of water. And what we're going to do is we're going to drop this rat into this boiling water, and there's a bunch of people standing there with clipboards and fucking those fucking lab coats on, and you know, one of them has to be going like, "Dude, I don't want to. Wa- don't fuck. I don't want to watch you put a fucking rat in boiling water. I don't want to listen to this fucking thing screaming or whatever the hell a rat does." But they don't say anything. So they don't want to rock the boat. You know, they got they got they got to tow the company line. And no matter how much those rats suffer, they're not going to say a fucking word because they're chasing the carrot. And the carrot is the fucking, the robot human sex dolls that they're making a couple floors up. That's what they're working towards. So they can air quote, work on that project. Just basically go fuck a bunch of sex robots. So these rats die day in and day out. In that classic experiment that at this point I think is a trope. Um, How hypocritical is this? Because I wanted to fucking take this scale that you get from stamps.com and drop it on that mouse or that fuck. Actually, the rat. 
The rat really is. I see why they made Ratatouille. You know what I mean? Because mice are fucking cute. They really are. They're fucking adorable. And it's something that I, I really do not like seeing. I don't like seeing those videos where fucking snakes eat them. But, you know, something happens to a rat. You're like, yeah, fuck that thing. You know? Somebody tells on somebody they're a fucking rat. Well, I guess a mouse isn't good either, right? Quiet as a church mouse. Christ, you sit there. You're like a fucking mouse. (laughs) When are you going to learn to speak up for yourself? I mean, both of them. Really, at some point, you know, maybe they can jump on this fucking woke movement too, you know? White women can somehow attach themselves to it like they got some sort of fucking issue. Um, then why can't the mice and the rat get it? Oh, Bill, what are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I've been reading up on the War of 1812 and the fucking information on it and the vibe of each article is just wildly different. You know, if I read a lot of the Americanized versions, what was going on was England and France we're going at it, as they always do. You know, you can't get along with one another. Listen, everybody in England knows that the French are better. You know, they got better food, better culture, better artists. You know, it wasn't until, you know, the white bands over there stole from the black guys, the blues guys over here, that England became cool. That's basically it. I mean, it was never really cool. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you guys. I'm just like, right, what are you told? Um, I don't know anything about any of this shit. Um, anyway, they're going at it, okay? France had this little fella named Napoleon. You know, and to this day, you know, if you're a little cunt and you're running your mouth in a fucking bar, oh, he's got a Napoleon complex. You know, and if you were a little shit, you should be like, what? Oh, you mean that legendary general? <laughs> I said it down here. Um, you got a Napoleon con- complex. I love the fact that there's been all of these lunatics throughout history grabbing land, enslaving people, doing fucking horrible stuff. But, you know, as long as they were regular height, they were just considered out of their fucking mind or a great general, depending on who won and who you were listening to, right? So here comes another just fucking lunatic trying to expand and do all of this fucking bullshit. And then they say, ah, he's doing it because he's short. <laughs> Making all short people seem like you got you to keep an eye on him. All right? Those little fuckers, they're so annoyed with being short. Those little fuckers will start a war that'll bring down your goddamn country. So anyway, I don't know what Napoleon did. I think he was yet another dumb person that tried to go into Russia and spread himself too thin and got the shit kicked out of him, right? And wait, let's see how, how tall is Hitler. What is with short guys taking their armies into fucking... Russia and getting their asses kicked. You know? Here's my question for people in Russia listening to this. Is the third time going to be the charm? You defeated the first two short guys, but can you handle a third? <laughs>
And three is a magic number, if I remember from fucking Schoolhouse Rock. All right. Uh, Jesus Christ. Some of the shit because of this podcast in my search engine. Adolf Hitler height. He actually have his height and his weight. He was 5'9". He was not short. 5'9 was decent height back then. Is there any picture of him where he looks even remotely amused? Okay, let's add this to my search. Adolf Hitler smiling. <laughs> I just realized that this is the one. This is pro- these are probably the photo. Oh my god, he looks like Mo Howard. Um, these are the photos that they probably show at like white supremacist meetings. Anyway, wasn't that bad a guy? I got to tell you, he actually has a really nice smile. Gives it entirely differently. That's poor fucking kid. He's fucking crouched down, giving this kid a little hug. These are disturbing. What is he laughing about? Look at this. He's got his hair combed straight down. I swear to God, he looks like fucking Mo Howard. Then there's a weird split picture of him smiling, and they've added Gandhi in this one. You got to love the internet. It's just so fucking nuts. The fact that I can look up Hitler, 78 Adolf Hitler smiling videos and HD footage. 217 Adolf Hitler smiling photos. These are all on Getty Images, by the way. Photo of Hitler hugging Jewish girl. This is just getting weirder and weirder. Astonishing photo of Hitler smiling and hugging Jewish girl Rosa Bernal. I know, I don't know what I've said. This is a jarring photo, evidently. Uh, what's the story? The little girl was portrayed as Adolf Hitler's favorite. They shared the same birthday, April 20th. She called him Uncle Hitler. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And was known as the Fuhrer's child. See, this is one of these things. Is this fucking real? Is somebody just fucking with me? At a time when Nazi leaders... Jesus Christ, I need to eat something. Sorry about my stomach grumbling here. At a time when the Nazi leaders was was being presented to the world as a kindly figure, his personal photo uh, photographer frequently snapped pictures of the two of them holding hands, exchanging kisses on the cheek, or just smiling at each other. Hitler refused to cut off contact with the girl even after he was told she had a Jewish grandmother. I mean, if this guy isn't one of the weirdest motherfuckers... Weird, I would say, is a little light. So anyway, I was reading these fucking articles. So the short guy in France who couldn't handle the fact that he couldn't look down a woman's shirt when she bent over. He was still looking at the fucking dark side of the moon of her titties. You know, then to compensate for that. I don't understand how winning a fucking war makes him feel taller or fighting a fucking war. Um, Anyway, so England and France are going at it, as they always did. So then, because they were being fucking babies about it, the same way club owners used to do this shit, when two club owners had a fucking fight, then they would go to the comics and go, hey, you can't fucking work for this other fucking guy. If you work for this other fucking guy, then you're not fucking working my fucking, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
Then you had to make a decision. They did that to America, according to some of this shit, right? It was basically, they both said, hey, if you trade with the person that I'm fighting, then we're fucking at war with you and we're going to do all this fucking shit to you and all of these threats. So we were stuck in the middle. So I think Thomas Jefferson said, well, then fuck it. We're not trading with either one of you. And then our economy shit the bed. So then everybody was screaming and yelling like they do nowadays, except there was no internet. So they were running around in their night shirts holding up a fucking lantern. I don't know, you know, yelling at somebody. Saying we got to pick a side, we got to do something. Oh, fucking hell. Um, and then they were fucking, you know, England was breaking all these maritime laws, boarding our ships. And then some articles say if they found an English deserter, they would take the person and stick them back into their Navy. And then other ones are suggesting that they would just take Americans and make them, fu- like kidnap them and make them fight for their Navy. So I don't know what's going on there. And then other ones say that because Britain and France were going at it, we used it as this opportunity to try and expand and then go into Canada and try and claim some shit. All I know is we we lost some big fights. We won in Baltimore, right, where Francis, uh, uh, Freddie Scott Key, whatever the fuck his name is, he wrote the national anthem. He actually ripped it off. He wrote the lyrics, but it was to a fucking, uh, an old British drinking song. He went Jimmy Page on him. You know, ba-da-da-da. I see the old glory fucking sitting there and the fucking bombs bursting in the air. It's like out on the tiles. Out on the tiles, I guess, was an old British drinking song. I'm out on the tiles. I had a little drink and I said, I don't know. I heard Jason Bonham singing one time, right? So they basically did that. And then there's this whole fucking thing that alludes to uh, indentured servants and slaves having no refuge in the second verse. (laughs) So this is just some dumb song. He went P. Diddy. He took a fucking hit song and he just changed the fucking lyrics, right? Not saying that's all P. Diddy did, but I'm just saying, you know? Um, anyway, he did the Every Breath You Take remix and he wrote the fucking song. And then a hundred years later, it became the national anthem, evidently. I don't know what the national anthem was before that. Um, so anyway, we tried to expand out to the West and then British... Britain tried to turn, it's funny, they said they tried to turn Native Americans against uh, white settlers expanding. It's like, I I think they were already there mentally, I would think. Um, I don't know. But all I know is we won some big ones. We won battle in Baltimore. We won the Battle of Orleans. There was one other one that I already forget. But then we got our asses kicked up in Canada with Tecumseh. And fucking the British guys, right? And they kicked our ass all the way. They took Detroit. This is fucking unbelievable. I never heard of this shit, right? They took Detroit, and then it took another U.S. general to go in there. Um, and fucking defeat him and reclaim the Northwest ter- Territory, which is what we now know as Ohio Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Like, I guess we lost that. Um, and then the biggest one is they came into D.C. Basically, the, the war with France ended, and then 
the most powerful navy in the fucking universe at the time was then able to turn their full attention to us. They came into the into Washington D.C., took over the state capitol, went into the White House, had a big feast, and then burnt the fucking place down. <laughs> I don't know why they ignore this movie in Hollywood. This story in Hollywood. It's fucking amazing. Um, so anyway, I'm going to read, a, I'm gonna read a, up, up on little Tecumseh. I got nothing else to do, right? I'll fucking read up on that. I'll use it as a reference the next time I'm in the Northwest tor- Territories. You guys know who Tecumseh is? Well, he kicked your fucking ass about thinking, you know, come off the elitist. Um... Oh, why would you do that? Uh, because it's fun. Um, anyway, hey, it's almost the end of the month, and old Billy Redface, no sticks, no cigars in July. I smoked no cigars in February, April, and July. We are in the seventh month, so I'm still losing the game. Three months to four. So I got to come away with a victory. I need seven, zero months. But even then, I mean, March was one cigar. Um, Close, but one cigar. Sorry. And uh, May was two cigars. So I've been doing great. If it wasn't for the month of June, with a big fat-ass seven, it's like golf. You know? I parred, I bogeyed, I parred, I double bogeyed, and then I shot a fucking seven. On the six hole. You know, but I calm myself down. Calm myself down. All right, who gives a fuck? It's not like I'm near the clubhouse and everybody saw what just happened. Now I got a big fat zero. I was watching fucking... uh, Robert Kelly had this video of his um, humidor and all that type of stuff. And I was sitting there saying to myself, don't watch this, Bill. Bill, don't watch this. You know, but I love Bobby, so I got to watch it, right? And he also knows a ton of shit about cigars, and he had a guy that knew even more than him that fucking works, blah, 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 blah. So um, he was reviewing this cigar. I think I still have it in my search thing somewhere, along with Hitler smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I already lost it. That's probably a good thing that I lost it. Um. Whatever the cigar brand is, it means tattoo in Spanish. Um, I don't know. It begins with a T. This giant fucking like 60 gauge, which is fucking ridiculously huge cigar. And he's and now because of that, I now follow that company on uh, Instagram. And I already follow La Aurora and I always see those. And I just sit there and I stare at the cigar and I make the picture bigger and all of that shit. But you know what? I don't, I don't fuck with it. I want to wait. Can you imagine if I waited till Corona was over to smoke my next cigar? I'd be like the healthiest fucking person ever. <laughs> Unless I got Corona. Um, like that guy in Texas got, he was supposed to fly with Trump and then they tested him, you know? Oh, no mask wearing Texas. You ain't fucking telling us what to do. I don't care how smart you are. You're a doctor. You're one of them liberal doctors. You're just telling me this. 
because you're trying to muffle my voice so no one can hear my ideas. Um, And that is what everybody in Texas sounds like and what they all think of. No, that's not what they sound like. Just the ones in Austin. Um, (laughs) Have I ever told you how annoyed I am with all the different fucking cities that have adopted that thing? Keep, insert city name, weird. Keep Austin weird. Keep Portland weird. Keep this place weird. We're so fucking creative, man. What, with your fucking tie-dye shirts that have been around for 50 fucking years? Um, anyway, I'm being a little cunty because I got up fucking too soon. What do you want from me? You know, as much as you might not be enjoying this podcast right now, you now know that there are pictures on the internet of Hitler smiling. How about that? Um, All right. Is it time to read the advertising? Maybe it is. All right. And with that energy, here we go. I got a new TV show here that's going to be promoted. I'm supposed to promote here. Blood Ties. Blood Ties is a premium television drama captured in a podcast format. Many have described it as secession, or is it succession, or suscession, meets Dirty John. Dirty John. That's, I've been watching this season with Amanda Pete and, and uh, Christian Slater. Uh, the series follows the Richland family's journey to unearth the truth and explores the Me Too movement with their father, uh, Dr. Richland. Wait a minute. The series follows the Richland family's journey to unearth the truth and explore the Me Too movement with their father, Dr. I want to I listen to this, right? Podcast format, being accused of various crimes. The show stars the voice talent of Josh Gad from Frozen, uh, Jillian Jacobs from Community, Dominic Monaghan from Lost, Amy Landecker from Transparent, and Wayne Knight from Seinfeld. Um, Our family members are not always who we think. Uh, When Eleanor and Michael, spoiler alert, Richard lose their parents unexpectedly in a small plane crash, they must choose between honoring their father's legacy as a world-renowned cardiologist and healthcare magnet or risk it all to tell the truth. In the newly released second season, they must grapple with the consequences of their decision as well as stumbling upon disturbing new revelations about the family business. Well, that's right on brand for this fucking podcast, considering I just found pictures of Hitler smiling. I mean, which Hitler is he? Is he that little guy chuckling? Or is he a mass murdering psycho? Um, CBDMD, everybody. CBDMD. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Um, Did you just compare sitting in an office chair to fucking running a sweep and getting stuck by Ray Lewis? Okay. Luckily, our friends at CBMD, CBDMD, have an amazing duo of topical products that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. Uh, talking points, CBD freeze. Oh, doesn't that sound wonderful with menthol? 
is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable, squeezable tub. Oh, what am I talking about? I have one of those. I fucking put it on my shoulder. It's tremendous. Tremendous. I end up, I I feel like uh, my shoulder rinsed its mouth out with with some scope. Um, CBD Recover combines a CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need when it matters most. And I'll tell you, if you're an old fellow like me, after a workout, you, you got to do it. It, it is, it is life-changing, all right? And it's a way you can still stay in shape, you know, keep the guns going. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they offering all my listeners 20% off your next order at cbdmd.com. Charlie, Bravo, Delta, Mike, Delta.com. When you use the promo code Burr at checkout, once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code Burr for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Okay. All right. You got your CBDMD, right? It's one of your most valued possessions. Where are you going to put it? You're going to put it not in your medicine cabinet. You're going to keep it in your Simply Safe. No, it's not a safe. It's not a well safe. It's a home security system. Here's the thing about home security companies, everybody. Most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. Yeah, it's like you got a cell phone for your house. Same fucking goddamn people. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no brainer. It's Simply Safe. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and door tailored specifically to your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals. Oh, to send to police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. Uh, you can set it up yourself in under an hour. This is the big part. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required. And there's no contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees. No, f- hey, You got some troubled teen who's sneaking out the window to go banger, toothless, fucking methy boyfriend? You can keep tabs on him right here. No fine print and all this stats at just $15 a month. I'm not the only one who thinks Simply Safe is great. U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. Try Simply Safe today at simplysafeburr.com. You get free shipping and a free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. There's nothing to lose. That's Simply Safe. S I M P L I S A F E burr.com. That's it. Why did I feel there was three reads? Oh, there was three reads. The first one was to promote a, uh, a TV show, Blood Ties. I love my daddy. Don't tell, don't tell me he grabbed some titties he wasn't supposed to grab. He was just trying to check her heart rate. <laughs> he was a cardiologist. That is a fucking crazy thing. Because I actually have a confession to make on the whole Me Too thing. Um, I, I was a big Multimario fan. I still am a big Multimario fan. I don't like what the guy did after he was uh, done cooking. But I bought some of his cookware, and I still have his um, 
I have a Molto Mario fucking uh, crockpot Dutch oven, whatever the fuck you call it. And uh, it's got a big M on top of it. For I think it says MM, Molto Mario. Maybe it just says M on it or maybe it's MB. So it's known as the uh, Molto Mario Me Too pot. <laughs> Some of the best meals that I make. The short rib recipe, the pot roast. I make all of that. You know what I'm going to do next time I make a fucking pot roast? Oh, what are you going to do, Bill? Well, first of all, I'm going to add more salt because that was the criticism on the last time, you know. Um, I'm going to try to recreate the roast beef hash that uh, is at the Smith & Walensky in uh, New York City that they have Friday mornings because, you know, traditionally people get paid Thursday. So then they'd come into Smith and Walensky, they'd have a nice fucking steak dinner, and then they'd saddle up to the bar and they'd get all fucked up. And the next day, well, Jesus Christ, what do you have? You're dehydrated? You got yourself a good old-fashioned hangover, right? So they made this roast beef hash is hangover food, and it was fucking out of this world. So the next time I make a pot roast... I found a good ro- I found a good recipe for a roast beef hash that I'm going to make. And uh, what's weird in my house is I am the only one who seems to like Midwestern food. Um, that's where my bloodline is from. And uh, so all that meat and potatoes shit, I love it. I love it. And my wife is 50-50 in on it. And then my daughter um, absolutely fucking hates mashed potatoes breaks my heart every time she'll be like dada what's for dinner and i'll be like something 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 and mashed potatoes and then she looks at me and she goes mashed potatoes yuck (laughs) and she says it with a big smile on her face because she knows it bugs me um anyway um NHL hockey is back which is fucking amazing and uh as much as i've i've enjoyed enjoyed Ah, most motor motorsports and uh, most sports that I've watched without crowds, I've actually really enjoyed it. As far, I was watching, really enjoying baseball, hearing the pop of the glove, the catcher's mitt, and that type of shit. Um, I do have to tell you, hockey. I was watching the fucking Toronto. It was an exhibition. Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Montreal Canadiens which was the fucking rivalry up until about 1967 when. For whatever unexplained reason, the Maple Leafs stopped winning championships. It made no fucking sense whatsoever. Where the Canadians, their dominance lasted for another decade. Um, Where they absolutely destroyed everybody. They won 68-69, 71-73, 76-77, 78-79. That's four, five, six, seven, eight. They were like one or two ahead of Toronto in Stanley Cups in 1967. It was like Lakers and Celtics. So I should say Celtics, Lakers, right? Um, and then they just, the other one just stopped winning them, you know, which kind of happened with the Celtics. We've only won one since 1986. And the Lakers have gone on to win in 87. See if I can do this. 2000, 2001, 2002, uh, 2009, something like that. 
I don't know. Anyway, they just stopped fucking winning them. But anyway, so I'm watching this. This is like one of the oldest rivalries ever. And, um, you know, I think there, there, there might be some, at least on my side of the puck, there is an unwritten rule that I have that whoever's playing the fucking Canadians, I root for them. So I root for Toronto. And I want, like, if the Bruins don't win a cup, I, I always root for Toronto because Toronto, I think, is still the closest. Although Detroit might have almost tied them. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's look this up. Let's get something, a better search in my fucking computer other than Hitler smiling. Is that a hashtag? Is that trending on Twitter? Um, All right. What do we got here? Uh, Most Stanley Cups by team list. Here we go. Yep, Toronto Maple Leafs have 13. The Red Wings have 11. And believe it or not, in fourth place is the Boston Bruins with six. That can't be right. Haven't the Penguins won six at this point? Or they won five? I think they won five. Um, nine more. Let's see what we got here. Nine more rows. The Blackhawks also have six. The Edmonton Oilers have five. Pittsburgh Penguins have five. I mean, those two there are the modern Canadians and, um, you know, Maple Leafs in that that they've won the most, I would say, in the modern era, you know. And also, you got to respect that. with they've, they've been doing it with like 28 to 30 teams as opposed to doing it predominantly against five other teams. Um, I don't know. And then uh, the Islanders have four. The Rangers have four. The Devils have three. Flyers have two. Colorado has two. Kings have two. That's fucking amazing that, like, the Canadians have 24. 24. So let's see here. So they won four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, so they had 16, and I think in 67, they had 16, and Toronto had 13. They had 15 or 16, but Toronto was in striking distance of them. Um, and then they just fucking went off and won eight of the next, like it seemed like the next, I don't know, 12 or 13 of them. Um, and then that was it. And then they won again in 86 with the great Patrick Waugh and then won again in 93, one of the most exciting runs. Even as a Bruins fan, I can admit that. They won more goddamn overtime games than I've ever seen any team win. It was a fucking incredible playoff. And then the next year, you got to see the Rangers with Marc Messier. You got to see them win it before the awful New Jersey Devils and their boring-ass clutching grab all of that fucking lock horse shit. Um, then the Red Wings, they were fun to watch. The Stars, I hate that championship because the fucking, the guy was in the crease. They called it the whole fucking year, the biggest goddamn goal. And those poor fucking people out in Buffalo still waiting for a goddamn championship up to their fucking eyeballs and wings that we have all culturally appropriated to our sports bars around the fucking country. And those sons of bitches cannot get that fucking thing overturned. I mean, that guy was so obviously in the crease. That is right up there as far as fuckovers go. With, is, is right up there with what happened to the, uh, 
was it, the fucking Cardinals in 1985 where that guy was out by a full fucking step. Although Whitey Herzog and those guys, they let it get to him and they fucking emotionally shit the bed and got the living shit kicked out of him in game seven. I believe that that's what happened. I'm talking all kinds of shit here, people. I'm talking about sports. I'm talking about little people. I'm talking about the Fuhrer with a big fucking Christmas smile on his face. Was he a Christian? I don't know what the fuck he was. What was his religion? People actually said that he was part Jewish. I have no idea. I actually said he was short. He was 5'9". You know, I like I'm 5'9 and three quarters. He'd have to, if he was fucking telling me, you know, that I was part of a mongrel ginger race and he was fitting to fucking get rid of me too. You know what the greatest thing about it is he'd have to look up a little bit when he said it to me. And I'm going to take that, you know, I'm going to take that and carry that with me today. Um, all right. <laughs> that is the podcast, everybody. Uh, please send me some, because uh, I, I literally can't figure out what the fuck happened in the War of 1812. I definitely feel like my country is is glossing over a lot of shit um, as far as how we got into it. It seems, you know, Britain was being cunts, but, you know, they had the best Navy back then, so that's what you do. I mean, we turned around and did the same fucking thing when Russia fell went through their bullshit, then we were the big cunts on the block, and look what the fuck we did. We abu- we Everybody abuses their part. Everybody in their own way has their little Molto Mario Dutch oven somewhere in their fucking kitchen, historically speaking, right? So uh, I think part of it might be that because Britain was so busy fighting with the little fella there over in France, you know, um, it'd be funny if, if, you know, part of him losing was they force fed him like they do with those fucking, the foie gras, they foie gras him, right? Um, they, he w- they were so busy dealing with Napoleon that we thought that we had an opportunity to expand West and actually go up into uh, Canada and try and kick them out of this face of the fucking, off the face of this part of the globe. That's one of those expressions I just combined off the face of the earth to then make it part of it. Just you really just saw how fucking dumb I am and how much you just wasted the last 38 minutes, 30 seconds of your life. Um, anyways, that is the podcast. All right. Now there's going to be some music um, curated by the wonderful and always brilliant Andrew Themelis. Um And then we're going to have a bonus episode another half hour from a Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast from uh, I don't know a number of years ago a greatest hits if you will a pre-COVID back in a simpler time you know when there was no COVID and you could sexually abuse anybody you wanted in the office pre-me too pre-Hitler smiling I don't know when I did it. All right, go fuck yourselves. I'll have a great weekend, you cunts, and I'll I'll talk to you on Monday.
Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast from Monday, July 30th, 2012. 2012, 12 years past the year of our Lord, oh, geez. the year 2000. Remember that? And all the computers were going to crash, and everyone was going to run around with their hair on fire. And what happened? Nothing. Oh, my God, here comes an asteroid. Missed us. How many fucking times are they going to cry wolf? How many times are they going to say that everything's going to fucking end and it never does? I want to know. I want to know. They call me the big pretender. That song's in my head today. I don't know why. Maybe it's because you don't like yourself, Bill, and you're sick of the lies. Maybe it is. I don't know what. All I know is I took my dog out for a walk. She did a four, which is number two twice. First one was solid. Second one started to come out like it was going to be. And then all of a sudden, right? Then what do I do? I do. You know what I do? I do my best. I do my best to be a responsible neighbor. You know? I saw three people in my neighborhood just sitting in a car. And I just immediately assumed that they were pieces of shit. They had tattoos. They were smoking cigarettes. They just looked like scumbags. And I was sitting there going, well, they're kind of sort of white, so that's not racist, is it? But they're a real specific kind of white, like their nationality. They were 100% of whatever the fuck they were. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't like them. All right? And my inner old man was starting to come out like, oh, get out of here. They're going to ruin the neighborhood. It's weird. When you buy a house, you just suddenly become really conservative. Before, when I rented, I didn't give a shit if there was a homeless guy jerking off in the street. I thought it was funny. Look at that guy right outside my window. Who needs cable when that guy's sitting there rubbing one out? Oh, look at the lady running. It was great. But once you buy, you every fucking little thing. Oh, there's a pothole down the street. It needs to be covered. I did the other day. That's how old I am. I called 311 for the first time in my life. 311, can we help you, please? Now, listen here. There's <laughs> that old guy. You know, old people bitch. Old people bitch like that you already heard the point nine times. You know? Welcome to 311. What can we help you with? This pothole is still not covered. I, I don't know which one you're talking about. Crazy old man. Crazy, freckly old man, Bill. Um, yeah, so I'm doing the podcast late today. And uh, you know why I'm doing it late today? Because I recorded one and it wasn't funny. And I have a certain level of quality control. I had to go get some nourishment. And at the end of the day, I'll do this thing whenever the fuck I damn well please. All right? So all you Twitter cunts, you TCs out there, if you want to keep fucking writing to me and bitch moaning and complaining, just know this. I don't give a shit. You know, I know why you keep bitching at me, because there's this new culture now where you have to apologize for nothing. Is that what you're waiting for me to do? Do you want me to go on on Twitter and issue an apology? I find it offensive that he calls it the Monday morning podcast. And when he records it, it's his Monday morning and not mine. I feel it's false. Go fuck yourself. That's what this week was. This was a week of watching people that I'm huge fans of having to apologize or semi-apologize or finesse for, for, for nothing. 
Absolutely nothing. Fred Willard. Who doesn't like Fred Willard? You know? He allegedly rubbed one out or something, touched himself in a lewd way. Lewd's such a great word, isn't it? That really just sounds like what the fuck it is. Lewd. You know? Crude. Anything ood is not good. Right? Zood. Is there another word? Lewd, crude. Mood. Ah, mood could be, ah, shut up, Bill. What are you trying to do, some fucking Seinfeld bit here? Why is everything that goes lewd never a good thing? Um, yeah, lewd. Lewd just sounds like you're touching your fucking balls, doesn't it? <laughs> a lewd act. That should, like, come with that sound effect. Your Honor, the uh, suspect is being charged with two counts of a lewd act. <laughs> right? And you've got to, like, act it out as you say it. No? Well, you would in my court, um, in my fantasy court that I have. Um, yeah, Fred Willard allegedly touched himself while watching a porno, and he has to fucking issue some sort of state. For what? For, you know, first of all, I don't understand. What, why are you apologizing to me? Or why are you trying to clear the air with me? I don't care what you do. Just make a good movie, and I'll go see it. I don't care what you're doing. Like, all right, if you're out murdering people and touching kids, yeah, I have a problem. But if you're rubbing one out, I don't give a fuck. Is it or is it not a good movie, Fred Willard? If it is, I will go see it regardless of how you empty your balls. I don't care. The only reason why I needed to hear him issue a statement would be he should only issue a statement to the person who owned the me- the movie theater, the guy whose job it is to mop up after the shows, and possibly the person that was sitting in front of, in front of him. And that only is if when Fred climaxes, he rises to his feet. <laughs> Other than that, what do you, why? I don't need to know about it. I don't give a fuck. I don't care what anybody does if you're not hurting somebody. John Travolta's getting a massage. He goes, hey, you want to rub one out there, male masseuse? And the guy goes, no, I don't. And then I don't give a shit. And then what? I'm not going to see his next movie. If it's good, I'm going to go see it. I don't care what that guy does. It's none of my business. And I don't think any of that shit is embarrassing or I don't think there's any shame. You know, it's not our fault. Our balls fill up and we got to get rid of it. You know, and there's a bunch of different ways to do it. And if you're not hurting anybody, I don't see what the problem is. You know. I don't, I don't get why, why you're apologizing. I mean, you jerked off to a, allegedly jerked off to a porno. I mean, what are you going to do next? Somebody's got to apologize for playing catch with a baseball. I mean, that's what, that's what it's there for. I mean, they make pornos, so you jerk off to them. All right? If you don't want somebody to jerk off and you fuck allegedly jerk off in your movie theater, don't fucking show pornos. Why don't you show Spider-Man? Okay? There you go. There you go. If he was jerking off while watching Spider-Man, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, Fred, there's kids there. You know, and even then, if he wasn't looking at any of them, if he just was truly turned on by Spider-Man or the, the chick who was dating Peter Parker, then that's to me, that's his own fucking issue. You're good with me, Fred Willard. I'm going to go see your next movie, whether I think it looks good or not. What do you think about that? And a little show of solidarity. I'm sick of fucking this, this whole new, uh, this new, what do they call it? This new climate no this new uh uh petri dish what the fuck is it this new atmosphere 
Hey, you know, I went to one of those chemical bars the other night. Wasn't drinking, and I went there, and it was one of those things where they fucking, you know, it's like a chemistry thing. This guy's got a paintbrush out, and he's painting the inside of a glass. Then he lights something on fire, blows it out, puts the smoke into the glass, and then pours the drink in. And everybody then drinks it, and it's like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. I don't buy it. I couldn't taste. I mean, my sense of taste and smell is kind of bad, but I, to me, it just seemed like that dude on Green Acres, you know, when he would come up with some hunk of shit, like just a rusted out radiator and be like, this is a genuine uh, bassoon from the Rio. I mean, just he would just make up shit. This guy basically was trying to say that he takes an apple and he sucks the atmosphere out of it. That's, he literally said that in like Colorado or something. I, I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. And he tells you this fucking story that is so heavy on the chemistry, you can't help but feel like a fucking idiot. So by the time he dips the straw in it and gives you a chance to taste it, it's like that moment when you're in a fancy restaurant and somebody gives you pours a glass of wine and it's that, that you know, as you're swirling it around, acting like you can taste the difference between a $90 and a fucking $4 bottle of wine. I can't. I have never drank wine and been like, yeah, you know, no, no. It's fucking wine. It tastes like wine. Like, I, I don't have that sophisticated level of palate. So by the time this guy got done explaining sucking the atmosphere out of an apple, it's like at this point, if it's almost like if you say it, it tastes like a goddamn you know what it tasted like? It tasted like, uh, you know, like homemade popsicles, you know, awful. Or, or, or when you have a popsicle and it kind of melted a little bit and there's that the gooey shit is on the inside of the wrapper. And for some reason, you, 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 you lick the wrapper just how fucking gross. I mean, it tasted like that level of sweet. And everybody was just taking the straws, just taking it. And they were like, oh, my God. And I was like, either I'm a fucking moron or this is like. The Emperor's New Clothes because uh, this shit, just, just it tastes like a popsicle. Um, was that story worth telling? I don't know. Looking back, maybe not. But looking forward, um, a buddy of mine, stand-up comedian, was involved in a scandal. Air quotes. You know what he was doing? He was in a comedy club trying out new jokes. Can you believe that? What the fuck was he thinking? People, does anybody out there understand that you have no right to get offended when you, when you, as a, as a, an adult, make the free choice to go into a comedy club? All right, you, you don't have a right to be offended. You don't. You don't. All right, you just the second you walk in there, everything is fucking free game. That's what it is. All right, that's. It's not like you hired a comedian to do a private party. And you gave him a list of shit of subjects that you wanted him to stay away from him or her. And that comedian agreed to it. Now, if that's the case, you're paying him and said, hey, don't bring up uh, fucking cheese whiz. And the person does a bit on and agrees to not do it and then goes up there and does that exact thing. Then, yeah, not only do they owe you an apology, you shouldn't even fucking pay him because they, they voided out the contract. But in a comedy club, you didn't hire those comedians. You decided to go down there and watch comedians. Try out material, give you their best shit, give something that kind of works, throw some shit against the wall. That's our house. That's our dojo. You're not entitled to a fucking apology. Um, I thought that was the most half, – half the people bitching about that Dane Cook joke, it's like they don't even, they didn't even get the joke. 
The joke was not making fun of the victims in Colorado. It was using that as a, as a, as a, as a reference. He was talking about how bad he thought the new Batman movie was. So right out of the gate, half the people didn't even get what the fucking joke was about. And then secondly, Dane didn't film himself and then upload that onto the Internet. Somebody in the crowd did. Right? So why does he have to apologize? He told that joke in L.A. And they tell you at the beginning of the show, do not videotape the comedians. Please do not videotape the comedians. And the person videotapes them. And by the way, I heard the crowd laugh. Joke sounded like it did all right. Wasn't a complete joke. It's just, you know, something he's working on. And some of the best material comes out of that material. So he has to basically apologize for building a new hour of material. You know, I, I don't get that. You, you don't, I, and I don't think that comedians should apologize. I think it's absolute bullshit. And um, look, there's all different kinds of comedy. There's dark comedy. There's, there's absurd. There's blue. There's squeaky clean. And it's like music. There's all different kinds of music. Go gravitate towards the shit that you like. But like, you know, if some asshole in the crowd films a comedian in a comedy club, our house, our dojo, and puts it up there, if you got a fucking problem with uh, it being there, talk to the person who videotaped it. Because I think that's the only person that needed to apologize. All right? He should apologize for Dane for taping his act. And then he should apologize to anybody, uh, you know, I guess who who fucking saw this new joke that Dane didn't put on a special or do on fucking Letterman. It's the stupidest fucking thing on the planet. Go fuck yourself. And you know what kills me is when you apologize, you're actually, I, I feel like that's an admission. Then you're saying the other person was right. Like, yeah, I meant that in a malicious way. You know, like what kind of a moron watched that joke and actually thought that Dane w- was actually supporting what that psycho did in Colorado? You know what I mean? Who, who, who is that fucking stupid? You know, I don't know. And like I said, at the end of the day, he just told the joke in the comedy club and the crowd laughed. That's what kills me on all of these. The crowd fucking laughs. I wrote on Twitter. I'm going to quote myself here to have to have a just just have a new level of arrogance on this podcast. You know, after the last one. Was it Tosh? I think was the last one is the philosophical question is if a comedian tells a joke in a comedy club and the whole crowd laughs. Except for one person. Is it really a national news story? You know, because that's another thing, too, is I feel like that's just like it's like a, a good way to kill five minutes on a newscast where you can just say that there's outrage where there was no outrage. There was no outrage. There wasn't. If there was like truly outrage, you would have heard it after he told the joke. You would have heard people yelling out groans, moans. You would have heard that. You didn't. You heard a it, the joke got a decent laugh. That was it. And then he moved on to the next one. It's. I mean, is that, is that what doing stand-up's going to be now? You're going to have to sit there and be like, I'd like to apologize to anybody who is lactose intolerant. I uh, should have chosen my words more carefully. Go fuck yourself. Right? Am I out of my mind? I, it, uh, I don't know. It's a whole new world. whole new world of fucking snitches just out there just trying to get people in trouble. All right. Well, here's something for you. E-voice, everybody. Would you like to have a? Would you like to have your cell phone ring, but have people not know what your real number is? 
You know, wouldn't you like to get like have a cell phone, right? And only your friends and family knew the real number to it. And then you could come up with these virtual phone numbers that people could dial, but weren't really your phone number, but your cell phone would still ring. Would you be into that? Would you be into a service like eVoice that would allow you to do that? And off these these virtual phone numbers, you could actually uh, you could do conference calling on your own new business. And on the conference call, a feature where you could have actually up to 95 people for each extension. It's incredible. It's basically, it's a business phone number that will, that will ring on your cell phone, okay, without anybody knowing your personal one, which gives you the option of knowing whether it's a business one or a personal one and not answering it and whatever. It's absolutely perfect. It's an amazing thing. Um, they offer an entire service where you can uh, – Toll-free local managing of outgoing calls. This is all all the uh, this is all the 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 what are they options? I can't even think this week. Uh, mobility. All calls forwarded to a number slash people don't have to know your uh, your personal phone number. Virtual numbers. So long as you have a real number, you can give out fake numbers, but it rings on your own number. And if you don't pick up on your business uh, your your new virtual um, phone number. They actually have professional accents, uh, professional uh, voice actors to give you any, any sort of like, like an outgoing message. Like if you want to give the illusion that you, your business is bigger than it is and you have a bunch of employees, one of the options that they have is that you can actually have – like I personally, I would pick some sexy female voice with like a British accent. just gives you business credibility. You know, they'll send you emails with a text transcription of the voicemail um, or not – the option is totally yours. Uh, it's a great way to basically have all these different business lines without having to drill a bunch of holes in the wall in your house. You know, you got hello, welcome to uh, Widget, Widgets R Us or whatever. I'm doing a bad accent. You know what I'm saying. You can start the whole friggin' thing. So it's email, uh, e-voice. Check it out today. Do I have a website here? What the hell is it? Uh, hang on one second. Let me get this website. Yeah, it's evoice.com. There you go, Bill. You're genius. Um, once again, evoice is your mobile phone at work. It's perfect for business, uh, business person on the move. Uh, like myself, I'm actually going to get one of these phone numbers just because when I travel from club to club and all these uh, different radio stations, like my, my phone number gets out there and, and I, I get weird phone calls sometimes. You know, I rented a car in Chicago with like Avis like three months ago. And then out of nowhere, I, got it, I had to write down my, my fucking cell phone number. And uh, the guy who worked at Avis called me up. Oh, actually sent me a text. Hey, saw your stand-up the other day. Really funny. I'm the guy who rented you the car at Avis, which is beyond creepy. And I'm a dude, so I can only imagine how that would make a female. So it gives you the great, like, uh, privacy options while you still exist in the business world. Um, features eVoice offers includes call forwarding, call routing, toll-free um, 800 numbers, auto attendant, um, advanced voicemail, voicemail to text or voicemail to email, however the hell you want to do it. Uh, click on the eVoice banner on BillBurr.com on the podcast page or go to www.evoice.com slash BillBurr to get your exclusive six-month free trial. Six-month free trial. eVoice, uh, e your mobile phone at work. Um, that's one of those ideas where I'm just like, that right there is why I'm not a billionaire. Because I just look at that like that idea was just out there and uh, I just did nothing. <laughs> Why didn't I jump on that? Like YouTube, that's one of those ideas. Um, 
anyways, uh, another thing, real, real quick here. We got legal Zoom, and this is for uh, so eVoice. There's there's your business phone number now. If you actually want to get incorporated, these two right here, eVoice and Legal Zoom. If you're sitting in a cubicle right now and you want to somehow get out, if you have a uh, a business idea or an invention or anything, these two these two companies will get will will somehow get you out of that goddamn cubicle. All right, here we go. Legal Zoom. Um, you've probably heard about LegalZoom.com, uh, but now I'm telling you about it. So you got to check them out. These guys are uh, these guys are great, and I wish I knew about them when I was going to get incorporated. Uh, if you've been waiting for the perfect time to start your dream business, it's right now. Incorporate your business or form an LLC at LegalZoom.com, starting at just ninety nine bucks. I paid like fifteen hundred. I had an accountant and a lawyer and all that crap. It cost me like fifteen hundred bucks. These guys start off at ninety nine bucks. Um, and then a whole nother level. If you have a family and you want to protect them, uh, guess what? You can protect your family and assist with the legal uh, and assets with the legal Zoom will for just sixty nine bucks. All right. In the past twelve years, over two million Americans have used Legal Zoom for LLCs, wills, trusts, trademarks, and more. They've saved hundreds, even thousands of dollars versus going to a traditional lawyer. Legal Zoom's online process guides. Guides you step-by-step. Step. You get total customer support. It couldn't be much easier. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. Well, there's all that legal mumbo-jumbo. What if I fill it out wrong? Don't worry about it. They even have attorneys that can help you out if you need, uh, if you need it as you're working through uh, all the legal legalities of it. Um, so anyway, start your business and protect your family today at LegalZoom.com. You also get a special discount from listening to this podcast. Make sure you enter BURR, B-U-R-R, in the referral box at checkout um, for more savings. LegalZoom is not a law firm, and self-help services are provided at your direction. There you go. All right. So there's that. Back to the podcast. Did I read that correctly? Do I have to apologize to anybody? You know, who do I have to apologize? Who do I have to, would I have to apologize for that? The uh, Reading Out Loud Anonymous Foundation, whatever the fuck it is. Have you noticed that they only go after – they only try to make really successful people apologize? Because God knows I've said enough shit on this podcast, haven't I, that at some point shouldn't I have to issue an apology? You know, I don't know. That's why I like, I like my life is no one's dependent on me. I go out. I do stand-up. No biggie, right? It's just me. I do this podcast. It's just me. If I fuck this up, I just fuck myself over. But either way, you can't stop me from doing either one of these. You know? <laughs> Maybe you can affect the amount of listeners I have, the amount of people come out to my shows, but I'm not motivated by money. You know, as you can tell by my wardrobe. <laughs> my motivation is I don't ever want to have somebody telling me what I have to do. You know? Hey, get over there and pick up that boy. You go fucking pick it up, you cunt. You know? I always hated that. I don't like having a boss. So that was my dream in life, not having a boss, and I don't. So you can do it yourself. Get your fucking ass out of your cubicle, all right? Get yourself a, 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 a virtual phone number at eVoice and get yourself incorporated or trademark your invention at LegalZoom.com. Right there. I gave you the tools, you know? Oh, shut up, Bill. All right, I'll shut up. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of Dan Cook, let's let's hop on some positive Dan Cook news um, Dane sent me a, an email. All right. I'm in his circle, not bragging. He mentioned that he was going to be at the Hollywood bowl performing in the musical, the producers. 
And he said, come on down if you want to. So I was in that dilemma where I love Dane, but I, I'm not a fan of musicals. Um, I'm just not a fan of them. And that goes by just, you know, you know, it's fucking bullshit as I went and I saw one and I actually enjoyed it. But that's just one of those guy things. You can't say that you're a fan of a musical, you know? So I went down there like, all right, I got to support Dane. So I'm going to go down and think it was fucking hilarious. It was at the Hollywood Bowl and uh, unbelievable performances. And I, I'm going to tell you something right now. Dane absolutely fucking killed it. I wish I had Nia down here because I'm friends. You know, you think, oh, you're friends with him. So you're just going to say that. No, he fucking killed it. And I was so proud of him. And I was sitting there watching it, remembering all these hell gigs we did like 20 years ago at like fucking this pub Kelly's. It was the first time I think I saw Dane or maybe at this comedy club, Stitches. I mean, half, half the gigs, I like the first 200 gigs I did, half of them were done in places where it wasn't a comedy club. And most of the crowd didn't even know that there was going to be a show. And we'd always be in the corner. I remember it would be me, Dane, Al Del Benny, Bobby Kelly, Patrice O'Neill, all the guys I started. And we'd just be huddling over in the corner just going, oh, this is going to suck. This is going to eat a bag of dicks. That was like one of the first comedy expressions I learned. This is going to suck a big bag of fucking elk dick. And you would just sit there and watch your friend go up there and just absolutely just humiliation, just standing there trying to make people laugh who aren't listening and don't want to fucking show and just taking those fucking lumps. And I remember Dane would just was always would go full out, totally commit. And when I was watching him in that show last night, I was seeing all these little Little subtle things that I used to see him do in all those hell rooms. And it, it was fucking great. And I said, what's up to him in the end? And when I walked out, it was hilarious. Was uh, One of the leads in it is that redheaded dude with the, with the beard on Modern Family. The guy was hilarious. And he, was, he was great in this musical too. And uh, when I walked out, it was fucking hilarious. I see this guy look, kind of tilts his head to the side. And he got excited looking at me as I'm walking out. And then his face dropped. And I was like... You know, my ego, I'm thinking, oh, he recognizes me as a comedian. And uh, I can't confirm this, but I think he thought I was that dude. <laughs> From a distance, he thought I was that guy on Modern Family. And then when he saw me in my hairline, he's like, oh, that's that's not him. That's just some jackass with a beard. Um, oh, wasn't that sad? Hey, I got a drum question for y'all. Uh, for the drummers, any drummers who listen to this. Um, I I can't. Decide on this one. That song by Van Halen, uh, Mean Streets. Does Alex play the, the hi-hat? Does he play it with two hands or with one? I saw him live in concert. He played it with two. And then I watched a video the other day, and he played it with one. Uh, but he wasn't playing straight 16ths. But when I listen to it on the album, it sounds like it's straight 16ths. Can somebody please help me with that? Because I'm work, working, getting back to the, the push-pull thing with the stick, trying to get it up to speed. And how do you do that? Well, I listen to Lenny Kravitz, uh, It Ain't Over Till It's Over. And then I listen to What's-His-Face, uh, uh, Bill Withers, Use Me. And I just <laughs> keep I play up to tempo with each hand. And each day I can play a little bit longer, but I pay attention to the fact I don't want my forearms burning because if they are, then I'm not doing it right. You know, For those of you who aren't, aren't drummers, one of the things, the problem you have is, uh, you know, if you have great technique... You can effortlessly play the drums and you don't have to deal with carpal tunnel or any fucking 
injuries or any of that shit. So sorry, that was my own little thing. And speaking of that, I want to start. I want to start making some drum covers, and I'm gonna upload them onto YouTube anonymously. You guys will never find them, so good luck to you. But I, I'm using that iMovie 2012, and I don't. I obviously you know can film myself and upload myself, but I don't know how to. How do you drop the music in? You know what I mean? So you hear my drums playing. You know, it's like I shoot the video and all you hear is me playing the drums to whatever song, right? And then what I want to do is drop in the audio of the song and, like, obviously have it in sync to me playing the drums because I just want to see what kind of reviews I'm going to get because if I put it up there and it's me, first of all, it's going to look cheesy. And then second of all, it's going to be, I don't know. I want people looking at – I want people watching it like this guy actually wants to try and make it as a drummer because I want honest criticism. And then I will, I'm not going to tell you where they are on YouTube, but I will read you the worst comments. How about that? Is that fair? That will be good for some comedy. All right. Okay, here we go. Response to Penn State should keep their wins. Last week I talked about, uh, you know – Obviously, I agreed with every every punishment that came down on Penn State, except for the. Uh, I just thought them losing their victories. I just felt like that punished the players, and the fans, and the fans and the players were one hundred percent innocent. And there's guys whose NFL dreams died because they blew out their knee in a game that they won, and now you're going to take that away from them. And I just feel like. Uh, it just seemed like it went above and beyond. So this guy says, Bill, in response to your your view that Penn State shouldn't have to forfeit the wins, should Germany have been allowed to keep the countries they conquered in World War II? No. I like when people ask me a question, like, and I think that they want my opinion, but they just answer it themselves. So he says, no. When we kicked their fucking asses, we took away their land took away their army, and placed sanctions on them. We didn't say, hey, Hitler's dead, so why should we punish the rest of you Germans? We made a fucking example out of them, and we need to do, to do the same thing to Penn State. Not all the Germans were Nazis. Not all the players did anything wrong. Did anything wrong. Dude, none of the players did anything wrong. What fucking... What internet do you have? What, what TV shows are you watching? Um, if they have a problem... Go immigrate to another university where wins count. Enough with the poor me bullshit. Your supreme holier-than-thou ruler fucked up big time. Fuck him and all you queer lions. So there you go. You know what, sir? You were starting to make a point there, and then in the end you, 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 you end up, you know, that, that's like a typical inter- internet point. You start to make a point, and then you either say something racist or homophobic in the end. Uh, first of all, uh, I disagree with that analogy. Um, because that analogy, you're suggesting that the Penn State players were Joe Paterno's army and that they were in the know and Joe Paterno was Hitler and the people in the army were, they knew what the fuck he was doing and they helped him, they helped him do it, which they didn't. They didn't. They were just playing football games. All right. And, uh. Should Germany have been allowed to keep the countries they conquered in World War II? Well, I, a war is like a game, dude. That's a game. All right? And they won the first half and they lost the game. So, no, they shouldn't be. But uh, be, they did conquer France, and that is in the history books. They fought France in World War II and they beat them. That victory counts. They conquered Poland. 
They conquered the fucking Netherlands. They lost in England. They lost to the Russians. And they lost to us. So right there, off the top of my head, they were three and three. They conquered uh, Norway with the help of Sweden. Right? All, all those wins and losses count, sir. So I don't know what you're saying. Like, that point doesn't make any sense. And the fact in the end, you see, you're all, uh, all you know, fuck him and your queer lions. That basically sounds to me like you're a fan of a team in the Big Ten. Or maybe you like one of them Southern coaches that had, you know, more wins than Joe Pa. So uh, I agree to disagree, sir. And um, you lose points on your, your hacky example of Germany and the Nazis. It always comes down to that, no matter what you do. I pick up my dog's shit and I throw it in somebody else's trash can and they go, Sir, could you please not do that? It's trash. You worried that I'm going to make your trash stink? You know? And then they'll say something. Well, did Hitler? It's like when Hitler... It isn't. It isn't like when Hitler. It isn't. It isn't, okay? You should have gone like John Wayne Gacy there. That's what I would have gone. Anyways, all right. Female roommate. Howdy, Bill. Uh, you said howdy, so I'm reading all this in a southern accent. I could use some advice. Uh, I'm a 27-year-old guy living in an apartment and, uh, with a 19-year-old girl. Ooh, she just moved in a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. Uh, we've been getting along great, but over the past few weeks, she's mentioned her sex life a couple of different times, mentioned how she loves to give head. Yes! Could it be? The most perfect roommate in the world. Um, you're the reason that God made a whore. All right, so she likes sucking dick. Okay, I see nothing but sunshine so far. Where, where, where's the rain coming? Here we go. And just the other day, she mentioned out of the blue that she posed for some nude pictures. Uh-oh. And she has no problem with nudity. All right, that's a major caution flag there. Anybody who takes nude photos or is in the uh, the porn industry, yeah, you got to watch out there. That's a ticking time bomb. Oh, Jesus, what happened? Was it your uncle? Was it the guy down the street? Who was it? Uh, she seems to basically say everything she thinks. Uh, oh, she basically said, seems to say everything that she thinks will get a rise out of me. Rise, you get it? That's what he said. He put that in parentheses. All right, here we go. At first, I didn't know how to approach the situation, so I just ignored her when she tried to steer the conversation towards sex. But she seemed to do this repeatedly. And I had enough with it, and I came on to her and told her that I wanted to see the pictures and then joked with her that it was for artistic reasons. Um, she seemed shocked that I'd asked such a question. Oh, here she goes. Going to yank the rug out. And she joked with me and called me a creeper. She seemed to flaunt her sexuality in front of me and say how open she is with everything. But the second I made a move, she made me feel like a creep. There you go. You got one of those, sir. You got one of those. Oh, gee. Oh, Jesus. This is, the, this is like she's uh, an Olympic-level, uh, 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 what do you call it, dick tease. And I say Olympic-level because she's actually dabbled in the porn industry with the nude photos. Um, I either want to bang this girl or get her to quit throwing her sexual suggestive topics at me and quit using me as an emotional tampon. Help me out, Bill. Go fuck yourself. I, I would say exactly what you just said, not the banging part. Just say, listen, um, just, you know, you know what you do? You just go, I would just go fucking don't curse, 
Don't say anything fucked up. Just straight out say it. Just say, listen, ever since you've been here, you have been just openly talking about sex. You talk about how you enjoy giving oral sex. You mention that you have nude photos. You don't have a problem with nudity. You're constantly bringing up sex. Okay? And the other day, you know, no, I can't go that way because then she'll be like, well, because you came off like a creep. Just tell her, look, don't, don't bring up sex anymore. Can you pl- just don't, don't bring up sex anymore. Uh, and just when she says why, just say, because I'm not comfortable with you talking about it. All right? I would just like to have a roommate-to-roommate relationship. You know, I'm not trying to be a jerk here. Just please don't talk about sex anymore. And that would be perfect because then you would totally, like, take away all of her powers. You just took the rope away from Wonder Woman right there. You know? And once you take a rope off, she can't find her jet. Isn't that how it worked? Come on, nerds. Any nerds listening to this? Actually, that's not true. She could see her invisible jet. That was one of the dumbest, you know, that was such like a chauvinistic thing that they gave her, wasn't it? An invisible jet. Superman can fly by himself, doesn't even need, (laughs) doesn't even need a fucking plane. Wonder Woman can't fly. She needs a jet just like the rest of ours. But to make it interesting, they make it invisible. Now, at any point, did they say that Wonder Woman invented the invisible jet? You know, she didn't. She didn't. She's too busy fucking going to the gym, you know, keeping her stomach flat and fucking around with that rope. So that's all she really is. She's just kind of like this. uh, Well, I guess she can block bullets with her wristbands. So that's unbelievably like reptilian quickness. So I'll give her that. But other than that, you know, if she wants to go to California, she's got to get on a plane just like the rest of us. (laughs) And she's got to fly herself out. Which I guess is kind of cool. I don't know. How hot was fucking... Was, I was going to say Linda Blair. What was Linda Evans? What the fuck was her name? Claire? What was the name of the woman who played uh, Wonder Woman in, in the late 70s? Oh, did I love her? I loved every fucking... That's back before there was like 9,000 channels. So every woman on television back then, you know, if they were playing a sexy role, it wasn't, they weren't outside the box, no pun intended. They were just fucking straight up. They were at 10. She was hot. All three Charlie's Angels, they were all hot. Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, she was fucking hot. Um, Three's Company, I thought they were both hot. I liked them all. Alice was hot. Vera was hot in a weird way. You could keep flow. There'd be one every once in a while, but they were all, they were all like, they were hot. Gloria, you know, if you get past her voice, she was a fucking hottie. That'd have been somebody ugly. It really wasn't. Marsha was hot. Jan, by the end of it, she came into her own. Yeah, just a bunch of hotties. Hotties. They weren't hoary, though. They didn't have whores back then. You know, did they? I don't know. All right, let's plow ahead here. Depressed dude. A billy cunt! Exclamation point. I've been listening. To, I've been listening to your podcast for years. Your deranged, psychopathic perspective reminds me I'm not the only one shaking ladders. I don't know what that means. Is this guy from Boston? I've been listening to the podcast for years. Your deranged psychopathic perspective reminds me I'm not the only one shaking ladders, kid. Nah, it still doesn't sound, even if in the accent. Shaking ladders. I don't know what that means. Anyways, I got a problem. 
you know, I was in Boston all last week, so the Bas- Bo- the Boston accent kind of came back. The whole, uh, you know, I got a problem. Instead of saying, uh, get a job, get a job. Do it easy, get a job. And for those of you working on your Boston accents, J-O-B, just say like jaw, like I'm going to punch you in the jaw, and then B, job. Got to get a fucking job. You know what kills me right now is like fucking 200 of you right now, just muttering to yourself, get a fucking job in your cubicle. Um, <laughs> freaking out your coworkers, just mumbling. Get a fucking job. You fucking cocksucker. Um, I got a problem. For years now, I've been trapped in my KFC and wet wipes. Okay, that's disgusting. I used to be a bodybuilder, an actor, and a comedian with fucking prospects right in front of me. But then adulthood raped me in the eyes. Oh, Jesus. Could you be more dramatic? This sounds like that fucking chick from uh, Sex in the City. Uh, crazy broad broke my hat. I had this is the guy again. Crazy broad broke my heart. I had to cut away old friends and family shutting me out of their smiles. All right, dude, this is like getting creepier with each sentence. If you don't bring this around in like two sentences, I'm going to abandon this. I had to cut away from old friends and family shutting me out of their smiles. Dude, what did you do that your friends and family decided they didn't want to be around you? Uh, anyways, I don't feel sorry for myself or want any pity. Uh, I just, you're not going to get any. So good. I'm glad you don't. He goes, I just want to know how to get out of this never ending routine of demise. Well, first of all, I would stop using those goth death metal words. You know, demise. What else you got in here? Adult raped me in the eyes. Are you, these are like song lyrics, you know? Depressed dude. What would be the name of this? Trapped in my KFC and wet wipes. Right? That sounds like I can't sing like that. <coughs> Rape me in the eyes. This routine of demise. All these fucking kids getting like whip, fucking whiplash. Um, I worked too much in a job that was supposed to pay for co- my comedy career when I don't work. I, uh, I was supposed to pay for my comedy career when I, when I don't work. Uh, I sleep or... Oh, when I don't work, I sleep or watch endless DVDs. I'm 24 years old. Oh, what the fuck? This reads like you're 56, dude. He goes, I'm tired all the time from all the hating of the world, and my body just won't listen to the screaming frustration in my soul. Dude, you listen to, like, you listen to progressive metal, I'm guessing, by the words you use here. Uh, either that you play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm really not helping your depression by shitting on you through all of this. Um... Don't worry. I'm going to give you some sunshine here in the end here. So I, I sometimes get a spark of motivation to get back in shape and, to, and start writing script, but it only lasts for a day or two at the most. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then the work comes and you have to keep going. And that's what separates the people in life who fucking work and, and make it and those who don't. You know? Everything's fun for a couple of fucking days. I'm going to get shredded. I'm going to join a boxing gym. I'm going to look like I'm going to fight in a title fight. You go down there, you skip rope. I'm going to get abs. You're doing all the fucking shit. And two days in, you know, after two days, you, you, you get tired. All right? And that's where you need the discipline to get up and go over there even though you don't want to. You know? People who've written Oscar-winning scripts, I bet they don't like fucking doing it on, on a certain level. But they keep going. So... I would just tell you to keep fucking going. Anyways, let me read the rest of this dr- overly dramatic shit. I've lost all faith in the world, have nothing to fight for anymore. I respect your go fuck yourself attitude and want 
and want to know what you did to finally pick yourself up from your Darfur-inflicted depression. Uh, sorry it's not the funniest emails, but I could really do it with you guys. I know, dude. I'm fucking with you. I know you're going through some shit. So uh, here we go. I'm going to help you out here. Uh, first thing I would do, get rid of the KFC and wet wipes. All right? If you're already kind of a depressed dude, if you eat bad food, that's just going to add. Because I'm just speaking personally. Once again, not a licensed guy here in case you throw yourself off the fucking roof. All right? Um, yeah, number one. This is what I do. Go go out and get something healthy to eat. You know, drink some water. Okay? Get eight hours sleep. Wake up and eat something healthy. Then go to the grocery store when you're full and go buy a bunch of healthy shit. Okay? Chop up the veggies. Chop up the lettuce. Get a fucking salad already made in there so you don't have to think about it. All right? Cook up some fucking chicken. Chop that shit up. Make some chicken salad. You got that in there too. Get yourself some fucking lunch meat and get yourself some real bread from a fucking bakery. Start with that bullshit. You start eating right and then just start working out. You're automatically going to feel good about yourself and fucking stick with that. As far as that other shit goes, dude, you're 24 years old. All right? I started comedy when I was 24. You sound like you've already been doing it and quit. So you're ahead of where where I was at at your age. So there's no reason to be depressed. All right? Um, This is how I got beyond... My depression was I just started observing it. I looked at it as a spectator rather than feeling a thought and just accepting it and then being dragged to the bottom of the fucking ocean with it. I just started to pay attention. I just sat there and listened to what my brain was telling me. And it was a bunch of negative, oh, my God, I'm going to fail. I'm going to have to go back moving with my parents and they're going to die. I'm not going to be able to afford to pay for the house and then I'm going to be homeless and then I'm just going to die. And, uh, you know, nothing's ever going to work out for me, you know. Those were the thoughts I was having. So I just sat back and observed them. And I just started going, I I don't want to think that. I want to think that. And I would just, as I felt them coming, I would just replace it with like a positive thought. I know this is really corny and simple, but I kind of started doing that. And the more I did that, because it didn't quite work. It actually didn't work in the beginning at all. But like I just kept doing it more and more. And then I just became conscious of when my brain was going in that direction. And... um, Working out helps me. Eating right helps me. Going down to a comedy club telling jokes helps me out. Playing drums. Wrestling with my dog. You know, taking Nia out to dinner. Just go do something. Like, it's just a choice. You know, July 30th. It's only going to happen once. Am I going to fucking be a miserable cunt on this? Or like I said, July 30th, 2012 is only going to happen once. It's just, It's just a fucking choice, dude. So... You know, if, if what you're dealing with is clinical, then it's obviously way beyond me. So I don't need, you know, and then I don't have to fucking apologize like Fred Willard. Um, I'm sorry that you didn't go to a psychiatrist and you went to a hacky comedian instead. Evidently, that's my fault. All right, plowing ahead. Um, what are we up to here with time? Jesus, it's flying by. Um, girl found porn. Girl found porn. Boy meets girl. Girl finds porn. Boy is embarrassed. That's what I'm guessing. All right. A few few years ago, uh, I was in a relationship, and one morning my girl went snooping around on my computer when I was in the shower. In a classic rookie mistake, I did not delete any of the porn sites I had visited from my history. I'm not an internet porn addict or anything, but I am a dude, and not only do I enjoy the occasional fucking schwap session, whatever that means, I guess jerking off. But a lifetime of bountiful internet porn has made my ability to perform the mental beat a thing of the past. I don't know what that is. What is the mental beat? 
My ability to perform the mental beat, a thing of the past. Oh, jerking off with just your thoughts. Basically, I need moving pictures. I know many men understand my plight. Yeah, dude, you got to go back to that. Go back to the mental fucking one. You know, it's a lot cheaper. Nobody knows what you're thinking about. It's a safe world. Um, anyway, <laughs> she was all kinds of pissed off. Asked me why I was looking at a site called YouPorn while starting to cry. She was a seventh degree black belt at the guilty crying style of fighting. Meaning when she wants an instant victory, she cries and I cave. So I played the only card I could defuse, I could to defuse the situation, which was to lie. I said that a buddy sent me an email linked to that site because he thought he saw someone from our high school on there. She immediately came back with, but it's in the top 10 of your most viewed sites on your history. Oh, she busted you. Jeez, you know what? I got to give it up to her right there, man. She went fucking Columbo on you and you walked right into that. So he goes, at this point, I just came clean and told her that all the dudes still catch a beat, that all dudes catch a beat even when they're in a relationship. And it doesn't mean that we don't find our girlfriends desirable. I tried to make it funny and said I was training my Hogan to gain stamina. So really, she should be more encouraging. That's actually funny. Alas, she wanted none of it and was in total shock that I was doing this. She said that none of her previous boyfriends ever looked at porn let alone rub one out while in a relationship. Okay, what fantasy planet does she live on? Um, he goes, I then became pissed that she would be so naive to think that that was true and told her that all dudes do this and stood strong that I did nothing wrong. She kept, go, good for you. Stand in your ground, good for you. She kept coming at me with yelling, hitting, and crying, but I remained unwavering in my stance and did not apologize. Looking back, I think I only took this stance because I was starting to have my doubts in regards to the relationship and just didn't give a fuck anymore. Well, dude, I got to be honest with you. Whether you gave a fuck or didn't give a fuck about her anymore, if you totally love somebody, that doesn't mean you cave in 100% of the time. You know, cave in when you're wrong, you're right, sorry, definitely do that shit. But like, um, you know, if you can't watch porn and rub one out, then I mean, I I don't understand like – I mean, it's it's a slippery slope. Starts with that, and the next thing you know, you can't watch the game, right? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Anyways, um, turns out we broke up a few weeks later, and you better believe she threw this incident back in my face when she was having the goat getting killed by a python last struggle that you had previously made analogies about. Anyways, I have a new girlfriend now, which I like more, but I was wondering how I would handle the situation with someone I really love. So what do you think the best way to handle this situation if it happened to you or any other guy. Um, you know, I don't think it's a big deal. If you're not watching it habitually, if you occasionally watch it, some women consider it cheating. Um, I don't know. How the fuck do I... Well, I'm lucky. Nia doesn't give a shit. She doesn't care. Um, she would care if I hadn't done anything with her for a while and I was doing that. I, that would bother her. But, like, she doesn't give a shit what I do. Um, I think someone has to accept you for who you are, all right? And, le- and unless you're like, you know, if you occasionally smoke weed, occasionally have a drink, occasionally watch porn, who gives a fuck? But if you're always smoking weed, if you're a fucking alcoholic or you, you're, you're uh, addicted to porn, then I think they, that um, there's a problem. But uh, I would just do what you do, you know? If you think it's an issue and you need to bring it up, I would just bring it up and say, listen, uh, one of my, uh, just to let you know, I uh, occasionally rub one out to porn, and uh, my one girlfriend really had a fucking problem with it. 
before we go any further, I just want to make sure you, you don't so there's no any weird arguments. Not going to lie to you. That's not exactly an easy thing to bring up, uh, which is why you just kind of have to be yourself in a relationship so then it won't come out of left field. Because if you're being overly polite, overly jolly, overly, you know, just accentuating the good parts about you and not showing your seedier side, uh, that really is going to come out of left field. So um, does that make any sense? I, I would definitely – I'd bring it up. You know? So, sweetie, are we going to dinner tonight, by the way? Do you like porn? Because I do. I rub one out every once in a while. Do chicks do it? Really? No? Where are you going? Ah, my fucking ear is killing me. Do you know my dog caused my ear to bleed? She gave my fucking ear a headbutt. If you ever get a pit bull, you got to watch out for their heads because they're, they're like little wrecking balls. And, um, you know, I, I hadn't been home in like a week. I was out in Boston in the fucking North End all week. Um, by the way, underrated. The North End Pizzeria Regina, that one seat at the bar that faces the wall. They call it their timeout chair. You can walk right in. You don't have to stand in line if you're by yourself and just ask if you can go sit there. Now, granted, you have to face the wall while everyone at the bar shoots the shit. But if you're a loner like myself, it's fucking great, and it's tremendous pizza. Um, anyway, so I hadn't been home in like a week. So, uh, you know, my dog gets fucking excited to see me. I'm excited to see her. Nia let her out the front. She's fucking jumping up and down. I come through the gate, and I had a bunch of stuff in my hand, and I kind of... You know, it was bent down to like, hey, what's up? And the dog jumped up and was like going to lick my face and basically had its mouth kind of open. And we went teeth to teeth to that point where it was like, did I just knock out some teeth? They definitely feel numb. Fortunately, she didn't. So that's what happened. Now, you, you would think if, if you were a smart person, you'd bring your bags in the house where you had your hands free and I could calm my dog down. But I'm so fucking excited to see her. And I get excited when she gets excited. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm loving that she's – it's fucking great when you come home and there's one person like, this fucking guy's home. This is awesome, right? So I bent down to pet her and I was, you know, scratching her, 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 her ribs and she was looking down at her tail and then she swung her head back and I got my fucking mouth out of the way just in the last second so it didn't knock my teeth out. And the side of her head slammed into the side of mine and basically mushed my ear. I felt like I got suckered right in the side of the fucking ear. And uh, it fucking bled out. I think my ear died. So now I got this fucking scab. It looks like I got this big schmutz of dirt on the side of my fucking ear for my goddamn dog. So I got the headphones on and it hurts. That's why I told that story. Has this podcast gone off the fucking rails? Is it me? Is it me? Um. All right couple of last two uh, quick ads here. And, of course, I can't go back. Why does it do this to me? Why do you do this to me? Can anybody explain why on these new fucking MacBook Pros? Does anybody else have this problem? You go on the fucking Internet, and when you go to go to a new window, you open a new tab, it won't let you go back to the other window, even though you can click on it. I don't know. Any nerds out there know what the fuck that's about? All right, here we go. Let's go real quick. Um, Amazon.com, you guys know the deal. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, not saying you gotta, go to BillBird.com, click on the podcast page, and click on the banner ad on the right-hand side, the Amazon 
banner ad on the right-hand side. You go to Amazon. Go ahead and buy something. It doesn't cost you any extra money. They kick me a percentage, 10% of that. I give to the Wounded Warriors Project. You help support my podcast and uh, the troops who made an unbelievable sacrifice for us. All right? And Gamefly.com. Wouldn't you love to have 8,000 video games at your fingertips? Sure, we all would. Um, all the new hits mailed to your home. So if you're sick of paying $65 for the newest games that you or your kids use for a week and then give, then give Gamefly a shot. Gamefly is offering my listeners a free two-disc 15-day trial, $23 value. Go to www.gamefly.com or the Gamefly banner on, the, on my podcast page of the website to redeem the offer. There you go. Enough with the advertising for this week. Back to the shoe. All right. My girl's lost her mind. Oh, by the way, everybody, that was really embarrassing last week when I thought that 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 woman who wanted to hike was actually a dude. You know, I don't know what I was thinking. I always just get emails from guys. Even when she said uh, no one wants that ghetto pussy, I just thought that that was just some girl like trying to be tough and talking to a guy like he was a bitch. I completely missed it, and it was embarrassing. I got 50 emails last week. Two said good podcast, and the other 48 were, were ridiculing me for not realizing that. So... There you go. All right. Last couple here, and then I got to get the fuck out of here. All right. My girl's lost her mind. What's up, Bilbo? I'm 25, and a few months ago, I met a girl that blew my fucking mind. She was smart, creative, beautiful, sexy. It had been over a year since the last girl I really cared about dumped me uh, because she had a religious epiphany and thought I was destroying her relationship with Christ. Oh, Jesus. And I was beginning to think that I'd never have that gut feeling of love for a girl again. But this new girl, but this new girl, and I, oh, but I met this new girl and I started dating and things went real fast. Within two weeks, we were together daily and things were great. But about a month in, I began to realize that she had a horrible temper. Oh, man, that's brutal. All right. Even worse, she tended to put words in my mouth when she'd get angry and get more mad at things I didn't even fucking say. Here's an example. All right, this conversation goes her, him, her, him, her, him. All right, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, all right, I'll just do the voices. Okay, here's his example. Honey, what time is the movie? 8.30. I looked yesterday and I'm pretty sure it was 8. No, I just looked it up. It's 8.30. Oh, so, so I'm stupid? What? No, I didn't. Oh, so I'm stupid and I'm a liar? Jesus. The only thing worse than her relationship was that acting. Um, <laughs> I lost faith in it halfway through. Um, and it's gotten even extremely worse. For the fourth day in a row, she's blown up at me to the point of telling me that we should just break up. I get pissed, and I'm like, fine. And she's like, how dare you break up with me? How could you do that? Yeah, dude, this chick is out of her fucking mind. All right? She's afraid you're going to break up with her, and she's just fucking – she's fucking – she's sabotaging the relationship. And guess what? That's not your fucking problem. All right? She can go work work out her anger with somebody else. Go find someone else. You're still young, right? Are you still young? As long as you're not, like, over 38, there's no reason to try and wait around for this girl to fucking get her shit together. Anyways, she's completely in another world. And last night she told me the other reason why I was with her was because it was for easy sex. Fucking ridiculous. She texted me to apologize but ended up... Oh, she texted you to apologize, but ended up she started the shit all over again when I asked her why she'd even fucking say something like that to begin with. Because she's out of her mind. All right. This is your call, sir. You can either date someone who's healthy 
and is ready to accept you and all the wonderful things you'll bring to the table. Um, or she can go fuck herself. Right? What? I'm sorry. Did that make any fucking sense? That, that didn't, did I just say that right? I'm sorry. I closed the window and then couldn't figure out what the hell it was. Um, yeah, it's all up to you. Do you want to deal with this bitch? I don't think you do. There's plenty of other great girls out there. Plenty of phenomenal women that will be excited to be with you and not be a, a complete psycho. Or you could sit with this girl and maybe she'll figure this shit out. I don't know. You know what I love about Nia is she's not an angry person. Okay? Who wants to have kids with someone who isn't, who's fucking angry? Oh, Jesus. I'm glad she didn't hear that. She fucking dumped me in a second. You know? But I think an angry dad is acceptable. That's actually understandable because guys are idiots. But if the mom's angry too, I just can't imagine that. I don't think that's good for kids. Neither is an angry dad. I guess anger in general is not a good thing. Well, you know, look at that. I actually learned something. Um, anyways, um, here's, here's some stand-up dates I have coming up. Uh, I'll be at the Improv in Orlando, Florida, September 7th through the 9th. And I'll be at Caroline's, the rescheduled date, September 20th through the 23rd. I apologize to everybody. I had to cancel last second the uh, the Caroline's date at the end of July. It moved to September 20th through the 23rd. I got that acting gig. Uh, I can't really tell you what it is because uh, you never know. You never know. You can have a giant role, and then they go a different direction. And by the time they're done editing, you're not even in the fucking thing. But uh, I got a good feeling that I'm going to be. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. Old Billy the actress coming around. Coming around. Done a couple, two, three things this year. Uh, speaking of which, my favorite show, Breaking Bad, next week. You guys might want to tune in. You might want to tune in next week because there are always great episodes. Wink, wink. Especially when a certain somebody, wink, wink, might uh, be making an appearance. Hey, you know what? I saw a picture of one of the most beautiful trucks I've ever fucking seen in my life. Um, I think I've completely abandoned. I still love cars, but I am a total truck guy now. And specifically, I am a Ford truck guy. From literally the 40s right through like 1968. Those are my favorite ones. I don't like the interiors on the 1970s Ford trucks. I do I do love the the front end so. Um but this guy's got a 1968 uh the same year as mine, F100 with the long bed, four-wheel drive and it is absolutely fucking gorgeous. And uh, if anybody else is into trucks, I'm going to have that up on the uh, the MM podcast page. Anyways, that's the podcast for this week. Um, I hope this week can go by without me seeing somebody, uh, you know, that I'm a fan of or even not a fan of having to apologize for not fucking doing anything, anything wrong. And I'm really sick of just the lazy journalism while you try to say that there's outrage when there was no outrage. You know what I mean? The joke basically worked. People laughed. It's just really fucking annoying. So anyways, um, that is it. And by the way, if you ever see that Dane is performing in any sort of Broadway thing, uh, I can't recommend him highly enough. I was absolutely fucking – he blew me away. And I've known this guy for 20 fucking years. I've seen, I've seen all the tricks in his fucking trick bag there and uh, absolutely fucking blew me away. And I'm really happy for him. 
especially after that fucking bullshit of that fucking nerd filming them. That just really ruined my fucking week when that shit. You know, Nia actually called me up when that happened and like with like this concerned tone going, I know you've worked so hard. What if something you say? I mean, that's the climate that's starting to be created, which is the reason why people can't apologize for this shit. I mean, I don't know. I guess if you're on a TV show, uh, you get pressure to do it. It's all bullshit. They, even like the po- apology isn't sincere. It has to do with money. Like, all right, well, we, we don't want people protesting this and making the show go away. There's hundreds of people who lose their jobs. Just fucking apologize. I think that's why they always go after comedians who have like TV shows or have some sort of notoriety. Have you noticed that shit? They don't go after a guy like me. What are they going to do? You can't stop me from telling jokes next to a cheesecake factory in a mall. All right. <laughs> you could maybe turn it from a three-quarter full room to a half full room, but I don't give a fuck. All right? Ah. That's just fucking frustrating. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week.